0: What's going on, podcast world, podcast family? Uh, Spencer Davis here, back with another episode of the Church Voice Podcast, here with my co-host. Tyler Rose, what's going on? Yeah, buddy. Um, so here we're back with another one this week, and we are so excited to be with you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast, supporting, um, and just and just getting behind it. I pray that you guys are enjoying um, our time together. I know I'm enjoying it. Are you enjoying doing this oh, podcast? Oh, for, sure. for sure. I just, I love, I just it. love it. It gives yep. me life and uh and energy and so i pray that it's just doing the same for you guys and i pray you're growing and and learning how to adopt the lifestyle of jesus because that's what this is all about is adopting the lifestyle of jesus and building the body of christ through a variety of voices Um, and of course our podcast is completely sponsored supported and recorded at Christian Center Church um, here in South Bend, Indiana. Our, you can find our website at christiancenter.org. Um, you can find us at church-voice-podcast. And of course, check out the website and everything going on here at the church as usual. And of course, our executive and presidential producer, right. Austin Lance, who does a great job on the podcast. We appreciate him so much. So uh, Pastor Tyler, how's it going today? Oh, I'm doing good,
1: man. Good. Yeah, really yeah. good. Good. I Parker and I are having our first daddy daughter date tonight. Oh snap! So yeah, Dentine is having some ladies over. Actually,
0: I think I think Taylor's yeah. going over. Yeah, I found out about that last night. <laughs> this is, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, my my schedule for yep. the evening is yep. accounted for. I tell you what, yeah. that girls
1: group got us dads busy oh yeah
0: yeah and they don't tell nobody <laughs> no, don't. maybe your wife tells you but yeah. my wife's like uh so uh i know whenever my wife starts oh st- it, like if i call her or she calls really it's when she calls me and mm-hmm. she says so i'm like oh <laughs> no <laughs> like it just yeah so that was yeah. one of those she was like um so uh I kind of got a little bit of a girl's night and I was like, Oh my goodness. So anyway, yeah, girls, they're going to enjoy themselves. But
1: so Dentine told me, um, she just also proceeded to tell me that they're having like a dip party. Like it's like a bring your own dip. (laughs) I'm serious. I'm serious. Okay. Okay. Bring your own dip. And I'm making the dip that Dentine is bringing. (laughs) She was like, Hey, we're having a, a bring your own dip party. Yeah, I was like, I've never heard of that. Yeah, me she neither. was like she was like, "Well, it will be lots of fun." <laughs> it's it's going to be great. It's going to be a blast. <laughs> yeah. And well. She was like, "So, I need you to make your dip." Okay. I'm like, "I'm making the dip yeah. for your
0: party?" She was like, "Yeah." See, my wife didn't even come close to asking me. <laughs> I am I am like so dip opposed i am opposed to all dips really taylor is a dip freak she probably no, came into she probably came up with the idea <laughs> she she's probably have. like yeah let's have a dip party because like taylor will eat dip and chips for dinner oh i would and too. i'm like yeah like she did that early on in our marriage and i was like she made like this <laughs> and she was so pumped <laughs> <laughs> like she made this like rotel with like meat and like you know and it, and, and it was good but i was like oh okay cool like where's dinner <laughs> And she was like, this is dinner. And I was like, no, it's not. (laughs) And so we, yeah, we had a whole, we had a whole thing. So, so yeah, I'm sure she's just going to be in dip heaven for sure tonight. So if you
1: were making the dip, you just give her a bowl of French onion. So be on your way. Yeah. I've
0: never made a dip in my life and I won't. (laughs) So (laughs) I won't. (laughs) I won't. won't. That is, that is extra. I eat real food. And I won't. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness! So we've we've uh, we've already got the medicine flowing. All right, yeah, uh, yeah. Because laughter does good, like medicine, exactly. But um, I, I just can't help it because we were talking about it as we were going in. Um, I hear that you've got something <laughs> to tell our our listening audience about your life and family history. I do. <laughs> <laughs> this
1: may explain a lot about me, yeah, or it may not. Yeah, well. It does. It did for me. (laughs) (laughs) This is why sometimes I'll talk trash. Like, is he cutting a promo on me right now? Um, My uncle was a professional wrestler. He's gone on to be with the Lord. Yes. So that's why I say was. Mm -hmm. But for most of his adult life, he was a professional wrestler. Really? Like, like when I say professional wrestler, I don't mean – he did, especially near the end of his life, he was in a lot of the regional circuits – but I'm yeah. talking like NWA professional wrestler, yeah. like 70s, 80s, like uh, back then.
0: Not Ice Cube.
1: No, no, <laughs> no not Ice Cube. <laughs> I think he was the furthest thing from Ice Cube. His wrestling name was Mike the Beef Rhodes. Mike the Beef. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I love, love him. He's so awesome. One of my favorite, one of my favorite family members. Yeah. He, was, he was so funny. Um, but, like, if you saw him, I got to tell the truth. If you saw him, you'd be like, this dude looks like a slab of beef. <laughs> like, that's, that's an appropriate nickname for the man. Yeah. He also he also was like a clown. Like, he he played a really? second character, and he was like this killer clown. Wow. Yeah. He was a jobber. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what a jobber means? I, I, I don't. I said, yeah, like I did, but uh, I don't. You did. <laughs> I was like, Do you know I was what like yeah, is? yeah. So, a, a, totally jobber a jobber is someone whose sole purpose is to lose. Really, and to make the winner look better. I
0: always knew that was a thing, but I never yeah. knew there was a name for it. Yeah, yeah, got that's it. the name. So yeah. like,
1: he's on the roster to come in and lose. Really, <laughs> that was wow. That was his that was his role. Yeah, he actually ended up getting fired. I don't, if we've got any old school wrestling fans listening, yeah, he was in a tag team match with Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard, mm. and um, I forget who his tag partner was. It was it was another no name. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> And Tully Blanchard kept hitting him with real punches. And like, if someone listening doesn't know wrestling is fake, spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> it's not real. Right, right. <laughs> so like, they hit each other with fake punches. Yeah. Well, he was hitting him square on the nose with real punches. For real? And and my uncle wasn't having it. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's a lot like me and my yeah, dad. We just yeah. don't roll like that. Right, right, right. <laughs> so uh, he gets mad and um, starts hitting him back with real punches. And and ends up uh, busting his nose for real. Yeah, so my uncle has to lay down and let them pin him. Yeah, <laughs> so that the match can get over, and they go in the back and they all get into this big brawl back in the locker room for real. Yep, and Vince McMahon calls my uncle into his office. Let's him go.
0: Dude, that's crazy, <laughs> yeah. man. Hey, that's a way to go out, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you're going to go out, make wrestling real and you'll, exactly. get, you'll get fired. That's it. Yeah. yeah. That's it. That's Start funny. hitting
1: him with real punches. That's funny. But those guys, they were stars. They could do whatever they want, especially yeah. way back then. Oh, yeah. They could do whatever yeah. they wanted. And um, my uncle wasn't having it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that. so that's, that's yeah. a part of the Rhodes family history. What was his
0: name again? <laughs> Tell us one more time.
1: Mike the Beef Rhodes. Mike the Beef. Yeah. Yeah. At one point, I think I was 9, 8 or 9, and we had went to go see him mm-hmm. at one of his shows in Georgia. That this was one of the more regional things. Yeah. You know, so there's like you know, there's like 50 people in the audience. Right, right. Half of them are drunk. I mean, just imagine the most redneck thing you've ever yeah, seen.
0: The best place for a nine-year-old <laughs> pretty boy. pretty sure one guy brought his
1: recliner. I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> kicked back. And um, so he had this tag team match and all. I had a dream that night yeah. that I was his tag team partner. My name was Stewie. <laughs> For the sole reason that our tag team name was Beef
0: Stew. Beef Stew. (laughs) (laughs) I I think you missed your destiny, bro. Beef Stew. I I did. I think you missed your calling. The
1: the calling on my life is not (laughs) to be here. It was Stewie. It's to be the stew to his beef. (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay, don't ever say that again. <laughs> moving on. What's funny moving on. <laughs> what's, what's no, funny. no, you're done. No, you're, I've got no, a, no. I've
1: got more places to go. <laughs> what's funny is I told him about the dream. Yeah. <laughs> and that like that like made his day. Yeah. He yeah. was like, Yep, you're so." He called me Stewie. Yeah. <laughs> for the rest for the rest of his life. Yeah. And
0: uh, it was awesome. Dude, that's awesome. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yes, moving on. We have to get past that. <laughs> so, so yeah, there's there's our history lesson for the day. There's Podcast done. Lesson. Podcast over. It's over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is the most interesting thing we will talk about today. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. pretty much No, I'm just kidding. We've got we've got a a good um historical guest today. Um and it's it's a pretty popular one, uh especially if you are of the Catholic persuasion. But we're going to talk about Benedict of Nursia, Benedict of Nursia. And we're going to talk about Benedict's rule, right? So he wrote a list of rules um, for um, monasteries. And so... What we're gonna talk about today is included in that list of rules. And and I think it's a good one. I think it's I think it's yeah. pretty significant, especially for this day and age for multiple reasons. Mm-hmm. And so um we'll just bring some relevancy to that. But he was actually born in 480 AD and died in five forty seven AD. So he li- I mean, this is this is way, way back. Yeah. I didn't realize that honestly mm-hmm. until just now. Yeah. That that this was like really far back. I
1: think this is I think this is the furthest we've gone
0: back. Yeah. to talk about somebody. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, and he is often considered the father of Western monasticism, um, as his rule for monastic living became the norm in monastic spirituality in Europe. Um, and obviously monasticism was was a very popular movement, and I mean that's that was like everything, especially at, time. at this time. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. At this time, yeah. monasticism was it. Um, and Benedict's rule promotes community, maturity, and humility by centering life around four elements: prayer, work, study, and rest. Each day was literally broken down into those four categories. So that was all that they did, all that they focused on. And even as I kind of skimmed through, this was like a the Benedict's rule is like a 32-page document with different, you know, different rules concerning a whole bunch of things. Yeah. Um and and so in literally every Every last one of those rules um in that document really centered on this. So I can just yep. attest to that having kind of skimmed through it. Honestly, I want to go back and read the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of it's not applicable to today. Right. You know, because again, monasticism is 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 monks and, and nuns and and you know and everything like that. But uh but yeah, I mean it was. There was some there was some deep stuff in there. Um, just things to stay away from, things to, you know, ways to conduct yourself and everything like that. I think there's something there. And I and, yeah. and what we what we're gonna talk about today, we'll we'll hit on that a little bit. Um, but you brought the quote. So I'm gonna have you share and just kind of jump off the conversation a little bit.
1: Yeah. And I know, and so we've done this sort of thing before with with Brother Lawrence. And uh this is something that I'm that is a, a real passion point for me is is making uh, monastic spirituality, that's 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 probably a very controversial way to say it. But the the contemplative way of life, contemplative yeah. prayer, the contemplative lifestyle, to make that relevant to our day and age is yeah. a deep passion point for me. Yeah. Because because let's be real, Benedict was, he's what we would consider a hermit. And promoted Mm -hmm. what we would call... Hermetism. Uh, Hermetism. (laughs) I don't know if that's a real thing. (laughs) That
0: sounds like a medical condition. I take that back. (laughs) I got hermetism. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Sorry. What a roll today. (laughs) We are. Wow. This
1: is going to be so entertaining. (laughs) So but I, I think that so no, I don't I don't think that we should all go live in monasteries mm-hmm. and to try and keep ourselves completely unstained from the world. but we are supposed to do that in heart. James says friendship with the world is hostility yeah toward God. So a lot of these principles, you know we can take and apply them that way yep and um, so I want to read this is from chapter 53 uh, from Benedict's rule he says this. He says, all guests who present themselves are to be welcomed as Christ. For he himself will say, I was a stranger and you welcomed me. That's Matthew 25, 35 that he quotes. So what he's saying is anytime a guest uh, comes into the monastery, specifically here he's talking about when they come for a meal. Yeah. Um, But even outside of that, people did and still do. Go, go, stay as guests in monasteries. Mm-hmm. That's side note. That's something I would like to do at yeah. some point. Go spend a few days. That sounds like a, at a monastery. sabbatical. It does. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. I, I know. I know of a pastor. I don't know this guy personally. I know of a pastor who went mm. and spent four weeks mm. at a monastery, yeah, and just it, it changed his life. Really,
0: being in that kind of that kind of atmosphere, I can only imagine. Yeah, and, and, for sure. and it's crazy that I say that because, like, literally, I can only imagine. Yeah, exactly. Because because it's such a. It's such a foreign concept to to especially Christianity today. Yeah, it is. You know, and faith today and in how we live our lives. Mm -hmm. And like, so yeah, I I literally, when I say that, I mean that like I can only imagine what that would be like. For sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: For sure. So what Benedict is saying here is he's he's talking about one of the core elements for him of monastic living is is loving Christ and loving others to the degree. That you are always hospitable, no matter who comes in, when they come in, why they're coming in. Yeah. That everybody who comes into that monastery should be welcomed as Christ. Yeah. And I think that hospitality is something that's lost in Christianity today. Mm -hmm. And what's what's interesting, not the magazine, (laughs) Christianity Today... Um what's interesting is that I just caught that. I know, yeah. That was stupid. Christianity today never
0: writes about hospitality.
1: I actually don't mind the magazine. Whatever. Uh, So I think the scripture talks more about hospitality than than we would think. And I think that what we I pay attention to. And it's, it's not like the, you know, the Southern hospitality thing where when someone comes into your house, they feel welcome. Yeah. I don't think hospitality is them feeling welcomed. I think that's a part of it. Yeah. I think hospitality is a person feeling loved. Yeah. That a person feels like they are at home there. Yeah. Not that they're at your home. Right. But that they are at home. Yeah. Like when they're with you, it is a safe and comfortable place mm-hmm. and a loving place to the degree that they feel like they can kick back, put their feet on your end table, yeah. you know. Yeah, 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 <laughs> Those kind of things. And I think one thing that's that should be highlighted was the hospitality of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Not not because Jesus had people over to his house all the time. Right. He had nowhere to he lay his head. Lay house. Yeah. But it was interesting that he would be invited to their houses, yet he was the one who was hospitable. Mm-hmm. That he would go in, and it would be such a loving and comfortable place that he's at a Pharisee's house and this prostitute comes in, breaks this alabaster jar, and is like anoints his feet and is like wiping, wiping it off with her tears and with her hair. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you gotta think about how weird that would be. Yeah, like someone walking up in your house and feeling right. so comfortable, so drawn to Jesus that they can do that. Yeah. And so, what I begin to think is when I when I read this quote, I began to think. How magnetic Jesus was. Mm-hmm. He would walk up to the disciples. Well, before they were the disciples, you right. know, Peter, James, and John are out fishing, and yeah. Andrew, and he's like, "Come follow me," and they're like, "Okay." Yeah. And they they just they leave everything and and follow him. Mm-hmm. And so I began to think, Am I as hospitable or magnetic as Jesus is? Yeah are people drawn to Christ in me the mm. hope of glory do people feel safe and at home and yeah. loved and cared for around me now the conclusion i came to myself is no right right <laughs> but think- i'm like i'm like yeah right no <laughs> right. totally uh, yeah yeah I- <laughs> 100% <laughs> but it's it's something that we need to talk about and yeah. because and i love the quotation here Matthew 25:35 and that whole passage there mm-hmm is talking about the sheep and the goats, this big parable that Jesus gives. Yeah. That's verses 31 to, to 46. And he says, he talks to the sheep and he says, you know, I was hungry and you fed me. Right. I was naked and you clothed me. I was in prison, or I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison, you visited mm-hmm. me. And then the goats, he says the opposite. You did not do these things. Mm. And then he finishes up with what you've done to the least of these You've, you've done, you've done unto me. Mm. And elsewhere, Jesus says, whoever gives a cup of water to these little ones in my name. Yeah. I mean, it's like. Right. Wow. Yeah. The kinds of things that he or he's, well, I didn't finish the quote. He says, you've done it to me. Yeah. You've done yeah, it for yeah. me and to me. Yep. And I think that that's something that's important for us to talk about. So I wanted to put that out there, Mm -hmm. that idea of the hospitality of Jesus, yeah, and to kind of launch the conversation that way.
0: Yeah. Well, what jumps out at me is exactly what the quote says. You said, you said, do I have that same sort of welcome and warming? You know, do I do I exude that? And I think the reason exactly what the quote says. In order for us to exude that Christ-like comfort and at-homeness with other people, we have to see exactly what Benedict said. We have to see the Christ-likeness exactly. or even if we don't see the Christ-likeness, even if they're completely opposite of us, we still see Christ in them, in serving them, in, in all humility and in, in, in all hospitality. And it's so interesting because as you read this specific section of Benedict's rule, like they literally, like when he says present them are are to are, are to be welcomed as Christ, they literally went to a level of adoration toward these guests. Oh yeah, yeah like yeah. like they literally, and I and I hope I'm not jumping ahead of you, mm-hmm. but like they literally would. A part of it was was one bowing down to them to the point of being prostrate before them like yeah, laying exactly. on their face before mm-hmm. their guests um they would they would read scripture to their guests so that they could be edified they would they would literally wash their feet and and um it, it i mean like that's just such a foreign concept yep. to us but again what they were doing yes this person may not be Jesus in the flesh but they were treating every single person who came as if they were Christ and so that's such a powerful powerful concept cuz my thing is okay how often do i bend over backwards for for the guest or for the for the person who's who's approaching me or or who i'm approaching how often do i am i am i really esteeming them above myself and i think that's the key to like to what jesus did is like you talked about the woman with with the alabaster like he esteemed her like yes she was doing something that was important for his burial and we know the purpose of what she was doing but he esteemed her more highly than himself like mm-hmm. the son of god esteemed others more highly than himself like he put others before himself and served them in that way. That's why they felt comforted. That's why they felt at home following him because he had this certain esteem for those who were around him. And like, to me, this is so relevant because in in my first thought went to um, the very prevalent homeless population, both in South Bend and really across the board. I think Mm -hmm. any any halfway major city has a a homeless population population and, and, and some would call a problem. And I think that a lot of times, uh, I, and I'm guilty of it. We're all guilty of it, yeah, you too. know, especially when you're inundated with it and you've always got people, you know, coming up to your window or whatever. And we, and, and how often do we esteem them? Because, and, and here's what's important. And here's why I'm saying this, because at first it's like, oh, okay. You esteem guests who, who are of the same mind and, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and you know, whatever, but Benedict says in this rule, he's like, no, he says even more so, even more intently, even more purposefully, the poor and the stranger. Exactly. And when he says the stranger, he's talking about like, no, people who don't believe what you believe, mm-hmm. you know, and, and even more so the poor. And I think of how many times we we try to avoid the poor and the stranger, We try to avoid those who are, who are, who are begging, begging from us or, and like, that's not, that's not God's heart, you know? And I get like, I get that we can't like giving, giving, you know what I mean? Like I get that, but at the same time, we can make them feel welcome. We can make them feel at home. And I understand this is maybe a different application because they're not coming to our home. They're not, you know, I I can understand that, but just like jesus didn't have a home and he traveled around and like but he always made people feel welcome and at home and mm-hmm. and and like they had a place to be with him you know and so i think we have to shift our perspective i'm i'm thinking about it a lot more even if i don't have anything to give you or even if i yep. don't want to give you anything right. you know whether i've given you something before or whatever i should still esteem you and 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 really <laughs> bend over backwards and adore you and make you feel like Christ in that moment. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Because because that's what that's what the Lord does for us. That's what yeah. he and that's what he would have us do to others. Yeah. And so I just, it's such a different perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, because again, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, I may not be able to wash every foot that comes across my path, but how, how can I bend over backwards? Mm-hmm. How can I esteem that person more highly than myself? How can I, how can I give them the time of day? How can I put myself aside in that interaction? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. that's just, that's the, that's one thing that really yep. jumped out at me is yep. just those kind of interactions, those kind of things. Cause so many times we just, we avoid them or we like, we, you know, we grip our steering wheel, we keep our eyes forward and we don't make eye contact. You know what I mean? But like, what would happen if you rolled down your window and you just, you just, you just spoke to them or you like, you know, you interacted with them or you, you esteem them or even when they come knocking on your window, you, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I get that we're all busy and we all have lives, but, but how can we, how can we approach those situations differently? And again, that's just an example. Right. If someone comes to your home, that's a whole nother deal. Yeah. And I'll, I'll just share one story and I'll let you go. Mm-hmm. you good. But like in this instance, I realized, wait, that's maybe something that the Lord would do. But we were living, so when we first, me and my wife first got married, right? We were living on East Donald Street over by Riley High School in South Bend, Indiana, right? This is, I grew up on that side of town. So, like, we we got the house. And I was like, oh, yeah, it'll be cool. It was it was rough. That's all I'll say. Mm-hmm. You know, Plasma Center is, like, right down the street. You yeah. know, it's like, it's just, and, and I'm not saying anything that that's not common knowledge. It's a rougher part of town. It's a rough place to live. And, like... And I remember we were there for a while. And and I had this little blue truck, little little blue rust bucket, man. 88 Chevy. Loved it though. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had my little blue truck, and I remember I was home one day early from work, and and I was lit I was taking a nap and I heard this bang at my door. And it's like boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, who, who is that? Yeah. You know, and I get up and I look. And it's this, and it's this is guy. His name was Mike, right? I didn't know his name was Mike at the time. His name is Mike. And and Mike's at my door. He's got Coolio braids, right? The Coolio, you know, single braids kind of poking out of the top uh-huh. of his head. Shirt off, drenched in sweat. And he's like, he's like, hey, he's like, hey, hey, bro. Hey. Um he's like. Uh, what'd what you do? I'm like, man, I'm, I'm taking a nap. Mm-hmm. What, 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 what do, you, do you need something? Like what's going on? He's like, Hey man, um, can I borrow your truck? I was like, can you do what? <laughs> like, Can you what? <laughs> you know? And of course my, my first instinct is like, bro, get off of my doorstep. Yeah, like, you uh-huh. know, like you borrow my truck. Are you out of your mind? And the, I don't know. In that moment, I was like, I was like, no, you can't borrow my truck. And he was like, Well, he's like, man, we we just trying to, you know, I'm trying to move my buddy's stuff down the street. Da-da-da. And I was like, I was like, well, I said, you can't borrow my truck, but I can help you move. Mm-hmm. And so like we literally, like I took the rest of my afternoon. We got in the truck. I helped them move some stuff down the road. And we like, I had no idea who these people were. And like, it ended up being a great connection. I saw Mike a couple of times. We prayed together. Like, it was just this beautiful thing. But in that moment, like God gave me the grace to extend that grace to him. And mm-hmm. in a like, yeah, I was, I didn't get a good chance to go to sleep. I didn't get a chance to take my nap. I had to go out of my way. I spent the rest of my afternoon help. But at the same time, um. I just, I feel like that was a moment and it was just a moment that I thought of, you know, before this conversation, that was a moment where like that, 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 that grace came through me and I was able to esteem him as Christ. Like if, if Jesus knocked on my door and asked to borrow my truck and needed my help moving, I'm going what what I'm, what I'm going to do. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm going to get up and go. Mm -hmm. So that was just, that's just an example, but you know, it's just, it's those kind of moments that we've got to really be intentional about.
1: That's a great example. And I appreciate you sharing it. And it's, it's interesting because I am more likely to serve and to give, you know, time, energy, resources, thoughts, prayers to all those kind of things. People, to whom i see as a person to be served rather than a person to mm. be pitied. Mm. And the vast majority of the time when i don't want to say that sometimes when we give when i give it's because i pity someone. Mm. It's because i i you know i'm at a christian concert and here they go passing out pictures of little kids who want to be sponsored. And not that that's a bad yeah. thing. I'm not trying to make fun. But it is kind of cliche. Yeah. You're at a Christian concert. They pass out these kids. I remember one time, here's a funny example of that. When I was a youth pastor in Alabama, we went to a Carrie Job concert mm-hmm. and they they start passing out kids. So I'm with the youth group. i mean, I've got like 13 year olds crying saying, I'm I'm gonna support this kid, you know, for yeah. $23 a month. I'm like, you ain't got no job. How? <laughs> like, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Yeah. How are you gonna how are you gonna support this kid? They were like, I don't know, but I'm gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to support them. I'm like, I really, this is going to sound terrible. I would advise against that. Yes. Like you need support. Yeah. <laughs> like I pay for your ticket yeah, to get here. <laughs> exactly. And um, uh, of course, you know, I don't think any of those lasted very long. Yeah. But when people play on our emotions like that, mm-hmm. when they catch us right at the right moment, when we want to pity somebody, yeah, you know, then, then we'll give them a few bucks or then we'll do this and then we'll do that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much of a difference it makes whenever we do it because of pity. No, not that that's the worst thing in the world that we're helping somebody. But I just don't know. I don't know how much of a consequential difference it makes mm-hmm. because I think people know when we esteem them and when we don't. Right. I know I do. Right. Right. I know when when someone does something for me um, and they do it because of pity, I can pick up on that. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm still grateful for sure that they help. Yeah, but I can tell. Oh yeah. But when someone does it because they love me, they mm-hmm. esteem me, they appreciate me. That's totally different. Yeah. That ministers. That right. doesn't just help. That ministers. Yeah, and I'm sure that it's the exact same way with other people. Yeah, and that's why it's so important. He doesn't just say every guest who comes in needs to be welcomed. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say every guest that comes in needs their feet washed. Yeah, every guest that comes in, we need to make them a free meal. Right. He says every guest needs to be welcomed as Christ, as Christ, because that's critical. And this is what I love. What he says next. He says, because Christ says, you know, I he he gives the quote from Matthew 25, 35. And it's interesting to me because what Benedict is saying is that he knows that that this monastery is going to give an account yeah. to Christ of how they welcomed strangers, how they welcomed the poor, how they welcomed the sick, and all yeah. those kinds of things. Because when the sick, this wasn't in chapter 53, but when the sick would come in to the monastery they would take them in and care for them yeah it's exactly what they right. do they right. would nurse them back to health and then and then send them back on yeah. some people would stay on yep. as as monks some people would leave and, and go back at it mm-hmm. but when you when you decide in your heart to welcome everybody that way yeah whether you end up quote unquote helping or not and it, and it is important to help. I don't want to say that. But whether you end up helping physically, financially, whatever, or not, that 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 servanthood mentality is going to minister to them, that yeah. humility. Yeah. What did Jesus say in Matthew 20? The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to but serve. To serve yeah. And to give his life as a ransom for many. So if Jesus came to serve humanity... Surely I can serve. Oh yeah. Surely oh, yeah. I'm not so puffed up yeah. that I can't think I can't serve other people. Yeah, or that or that people are are beneath me.
0: Yeah, and I think it's important that we live our lives in that way. Mm-hmm. And when we and when we're. <laughs> When we have the tendency to serve who we deem servable. Exactly. You know, that's just religious. Yep. That's just, that's pharisaic. That's, mm-hmm. that's prideful. You know what I mean? Like, it's easy for me to, to serve, uh, you know, the lead pastor or serve, you know, that like when they, when they come, you, you know, you clean up the house and you da, 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 but like you know, when, when the person comes to, you know, meet with you or have a conversation that's not of that stature, you know, it's like, ah, we can just, you know, whatever, whatever. And it's like, no, like treat them how you would treat your, like, I guess maybe that's a practical application. Like, yeah. and, and I hate saying this cause we should have the, the Jesus mentality of, okay, treat them like they're Jesus, but okay. Imagine this, imagine your lead pastor is, is, there in that position or in that place, or they're coming to your house, like roll out the red carpet and we should roll out the red carpet for everybody, you know, in both in word and in deed. And I think that that's critical. So, you know, honestly, that's just something for food for thought. Yep. Just something for us to think about. Cause I'm, I'm like, man, how can I do this better? How can I be, how can I number one, show the love of Christ, but also, also see Christ in every single person, that's yep. just such a, that's a profound concept that it I is. think we've all got to get a hold of. Yep. And not just, not that just those we see, not just those we deem as Christ-like, you know, whether it's a brother or a sister in Christ, the stranger and the poor as well.
1: Yeah, you know exactly. Well, and, and there's a couple other things I want to hit on, but I mean, let's just look at another place in scripture where Jesus says something very similar in Luke chapter eight he says whenever you throw a banquet don't throw it for your family mm. or for the the rich people in society or for your for your civic leaders throw it for the poor mm. and the sick and the lame and right. the maimed because they can't pay you back yeah and that that to me was so heavy mm. Reading that is Jesus is saying, "Okay, it's not bad to have a dip party for your friends. (laughs) (laughs) It's not, it's not bad to have your family over for dinner. Sucks. (laughs) I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) Wow, my bad, my bad. I got out of control. Well, you ain't getting no leftovers. (laughs) I don't want none. That's the problem. (laughs) You know, it ain't bad. Only dip that counts is is guacamole. The only dip that matters is guacamole."
1: wow i actually don't like guacamole okay get out okay we're done <laughs> <See ya. laughs> it ain't bad to throw a dip party yeah, for your friends no uh, it's not bad to have your family over for dinner it's not bad to have your lead no. pastor over but it's important to to serve and to do and to give to those who mm. can't pay you back
0: but how many banquets are we throwing for the poor right exactly Ooh. Exactly. That's, that's just, like, and I'm not trying to be all deep and like, but like, right. really, right. how many banquets yeah. are we throwing for the poor? Me, Zero. Zero. yeah, zero. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying the same yeah. thing. And mm-hmm. so, like, let's take a note of that. Exactly. Like, I, and again, I don't know how to do it. Right. But but really, how many banquets are we throwing for the poor? Exactly. And that's just. I think that's what that's what we want to get across today. Exactly. Is is let's let's really take a hard look at that. Yeah. Exactly.
1: You know? And there was there was one thing I wanted to hit on, and you touched on it earlier. And I th- I think that it's important. We are such in a hurry. Yeah. In our society today. One scholar calls it hurry sickness. Mm. I love that phrase. Oh, for sure. Because he's absolutely right yeah. in I'm, describing hurry yeah. as a sickness. I'm, I'm
0: chronically ill then. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Well, <laughs>
1: yeah. oh, I think most of us are. Oh, yeah. And we are such in a hurry that when we see, you know, the man out at the red light, out at Kroger with the you know, the cardboard box that says please help, God mm-hmm. bless. Yeah. We're such in a hurry to get to this appointment, that yeah. appointment, get home, get to that restaurant. Mm. And I'm I'm answering the phone call. People are texting while they're driving all of these things are going we're such in a hurry yeah. we can't take 30 seconds right. to stop over right. and i and i I, mean, I say i don't take 30 no, seconds straight up. Yeah. to to stop over and just and and be calm enough mm. aware enough of what's going on around me yeah. i mean i was sitting in the doctor's office the other day i took uh parker to the dreaded chiropractor yeah <laughs> like you think yeah. we love the chiropractor but but we were
0: sitting in there and I was looking around. I was gonna say they the devil, but I know <laughs> I know your sister's going going no. to chiropractic. School. Dip is the devil to you. <laughs> well,
1: the chiropractor's next. <laughs> the chiropractor's next. She is going into chiropractic. Yeah. Anyway. She's not the devil. <laughs> thanks. I appreciate that. But I was sitting in the chiropractor and I just I noticed everybody was on their phone. Mm. People may think that's unrelated—that an addiction to technology and hurry are unrelated. I don't think no, that. no, not at all. I don't think that because that's that's still this the constant. Yep. You're constantly moving, oh, constantly yeah. doing something. Yeah. Like we can't just sit still. You're hurrying through and taking where videos. we are exactly. You're hur- you're hurrying exactly. through your news feed. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there with Parker, and I'm like, okay, I could get on my phone right now and pass the time, but I, I would miss a moment with mm. my daughter. To mm-hmm. just to hang out, to yeah. be there, to talk to her. Yep. God forbid we talk to our children in a public place. Oh, I no. mean, you know, and it, and it's and it's it's not that being on your phone is always bad, and it's not that those people are bad people. I don't know who any of them are, yeah. and and I know way too often I do that. But we're just in such in a hurry, we're not even aware of what's going on. Mm. How often do we pass by the homeless people and not even see them? Yeah not even really right. realize that they're there. We pass by people in the church who are struggling, people in the grocery store, whatever it is, that we're just not even aware enough. And to me, that that is something I talk about this a lot. And it's because I'm not doing it. I talk about how Jesus was not in a hurry. Yeah. He was, he was the most efficient you could be in ministry ever. Yeah. So scholars believe he ministered, you know, three to three and a half years, something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, he saved the world in three years. I mean, yeah. I mean you yeah, can't yeah, do yeah. no better than yeah. that. <laughs> mm, that's good. You can't do no better than that. Yeah. Uh, and you and I have both, quote unquote, been in vocational ministry mm-hmm. longer than that. Mm-hmm. And we ain't, I mean, we ain't come I ain't, close. I ain't saving the world. No, not at all. And it's, so he was the most efficient you could ever be. Yeah. He wasn't in a hurry. Yeah. He could be on the way to, to Jarius's house to to raise up his, his daughter who was on her deathbed yeah. and still stop. And feel the power going out from him and stop and speak to the woman with the issue of blood. Yeah. And even though she was already healed, right. Jesus looked at her and said, your faith has made you well. Yeah. To like, even interact with her. Right. He didn't like, even have to. Right. Yeah. If the power's gone out and she's healed, cool. if, if that's what mattered, yeah. then, d- then just keep going. Right. But that that wasn't the main thing that mattered. Of course it matters, but that wasn't the main thing that mattered. It was, it the was woman. her. Yeah. She's what mattered. Yeah. And he stopped, made sure to look her in her eyes. Because, mm. I mean, he stops and Peter's like, what do you mean who touched you? Right. Like, this crowd is pressing yeah. in on you. And yeah. Jesus is like, no, there's something different here. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've got to stop and and be aware yeah. and make sure this person gets what they need. And, and I'm not like that enough. Yeah. I, I'm so often I'm so hurry sick yeah. that that I've got, and I know other people are this way. Got this latent presence of anxiety mm-hmm. that's kind of always there. Yep. And and we're just constantly moving on to whatever's next. Yeah. And I think that that is a huge hindrance yeah. to serving people, to viewing them as Christ. Yep. I don't. This is what what I'm about to say is about this thing. I don't want to stand before Christ. And him say, how can you be so busy that you don't treat people like me? Mm. Like I'm too busy to see people as Jesus
0: because all I care about is what's going on in my world. Yeah. And I, what you're, so what you're saying is that we can't slow down enough to even, to even receive the sojourner. Exactly. You know, to receive the, the, the traveler, you know, whether that's, whether that's on the street corner or whether that's. At our home, we can't slow down enough to even receive people, to even have that moment of of seeing them as Christ sees them. And here's the thing: that's the, that's the kicker about about the monasticism is that is that I mean, and, and it, it talked about it in the rule. Like like no, even if it's even if it's at an adverse time, even if it's it's at a time that's inconvenient, you still welcome them and you still yep. do these things. And so. That slowing down is a critical part to, yep. to this application because yep. we we can't do that. But I, I would say I'm a busybody and I got to be less of a busybody in order to be more Christ-like. Yep. And that's just the bottom line. Yep. So
1: I think one of the things, whenever I start talking about hurry um, and and being able to unhurry, slow down, we often call it slow down spirituality mm-hmm. because I, I heard that phrase from Pete Scarzero and I just, I love that phrase. But that's, that's, very, that's very much a monastic contemplative practice yeah. that I think we need to have in our lives. Right. But every time I start to have this conversation or hear this conversation, people talk about how do I slow down? Like how, when my time is so driven by other people, mm-hmm. how do I slow down? And there's a couple of things to say just to try to be helpful with that practically real quick. Yeah. Number one, it's, it's actually a fallacy to say our time is driven so much by other people hmm. because that's not always true. It's uh, most of the appointments we make in life, we make. Like we oh, agree for to them. Sure. We agree to them. Yeah. So And there's times where other people set meetings. We have meetings on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Mm-hmm. I don't set those meetings. Right. So yeah, I need to be there. Yeah. But most of the other things in my life, I'm setting those things up. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of the time, I don't have to do them when I do them. I, I set them up to those things. So I think that's an excuse that we need to stop using, that the vast majority of our time is ours. Yes, it is ours to make and it is ours to break. yeah, to manage and to misuse. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, I think a rule of life is important to to do for ourselves what Benedict did for these monasteries. Mm-hmm. That a rule of life is a schedule and set of practices and relational rhythms that help us create space in our busy world for us to be with Jesus, become like Jesus. And do what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. So I know Dentine and I are working through this rule of life workbook yeah, to kind of set us set out, okay, what are the daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly practices that we want to center our lives around? Mm. How do we want to structure and principle our lives in a way where Jesus is the main goal, not what I'm doing? Right. And it's not something that we've completed. It's something that we're working through. Yeah. But as I'm slowly starting to implement those things... It's making a huge difference. Yeah. So I, I want to say to our listeners, um, if you're interested in learning more about a rule of life, um, and even to go through the same workbook that dentine and I are going through, it's at practicingtheway.org. Mm. And uh, it's under a header called Unhurrying with a Rule of Life. Really? They lay it all out there. They've got teachings about what a rule of life is. yeah. Um, How to apply it to today, how to apply it to your life with your personality, your job, all those kinds of things. It has been immensely helpful for us, Mm -hmm. and we've got a long way to go. But that's one of the tools that's going to help us get there. I really believe that. No, so I want to throw that out there oh, for no, our listeners I, just, I just I as a think way to that's help. That's a
0: great way to end it. I'll be yeah. honest with you. As soon as you said, I'm like, wait, can I get a workbook too? <laughs> yeah. So like, yep. I mean, really, I'm, I'm going to- It's a
1: downloadable PDF. I'm so going to click
0: the link in our yep. outline and yep. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at it as well because I need that. Um, and I think me and my wife need that as well. Um, and I, I always appreciate when we uh, when we bring up a product, you know, just to, just to be helpful. I think that's yeah, so exactly. good. I think that's so good. But listen, man, um, I pray that you guys are encouraged. I pray that that we all just take heed of of this of this rule um, that, that Benedict wrote, obviously in reference to Scripture, in reference to how Jesus wants us to treat other people like Him. And and that's what that's what the Lord wants from each and every one of us, and so however you can apply that in your life, um, and I think I, I think a, a big part of it is slowing down. Yep. And so however you need to do that, whether it's the workbook, whether it's just you know silence, well, I I don't know, um, but but I hope we've laid out some practical ways to to really just get closer to. Uh, rolling out the red carpet for for really everybody we encounter, yep. you know, and how and how to do that. So, um, again, pray that you guys are encouraged. Thank you guys so much for listening uh, to this episode. And remember to follow us on Instagram at Church Voice Podcast. You can find our Facebook page also at Church Voice Podcast, um, all one word on both of those. And here, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you guys one more thing. If you're listening to this right now and you haven't written a review. Uh, We would just greatly appreciate that down for us. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we want to share those um, here on the podcast, but listen, we love you guys. Thank you again for listening and we'll see you in the next episode. Peace out. Peace.